0: Hi everyone, we've got a handful of uh, really great headlines for today's Pelicanus news. I have categorized them into wildlife and environmental justice. As always, these stories are truly incredible. They're also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. (laughs) Alright, first category of wildlife. Uh, I've got a couple in here that are really fun. First one is coming out of biologicaldiversity.org but I've seen it in a lot of other places too. Uh, California spotted owl gets endangered species act protections after 23 years of work. God, this is huge. I've got a couple colleagues that have worked on this too, so this is uh, just really, really special. Um, Okay. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced that it will protect the California spotted owl under the Endangered Species Act. The owls have seen their numbers dwindle because of logging and climate change, among other threats. The proposal would list the owl's southern and coastal population as endangered. The Sierra Nevada population would receive threatened status, but a 4D loophole would exempt many logging operations from having to comply with the act's rules, which is ridiculous, but I get it. This announcement stems from a legal agreement that was reached between the Service and Sierra Forest Legacy, Defenders of Wildlife, and the Center for Biological Diversity, which were represented by Earth Justice. The lawsuit sought to push the agency to reconsider its 2019 decision not to protect the owl. The decision marks the culmination of more than 20 years of advocacy by environmental groups to achieve protections for the owl to address its rapidly declining population. The California spotted owl is one of three spotted owl subspecies and the last to be protected by the Endangered Species Act. The California subspecies of spotted owl lives in mature and old-growth forests in the Sierra Nevada and in the mountains of coastal and southern California. Its habitat is under serious threat from current logging practices and climate change, including increased drought, disease, and more extreme wildfires. Habitat destruction is the number one driver of global biodiversity loss. Second news stories coming out of The Guardian. Arizona Aquarium welcomes endangered African penguin chicks. An aquarium in Arizona has welcomed three new arrivals in its population of endangered African penguins. In an Instagram post, the Otta Sea Aquarium in Scottsdale showed the fluffy chicks being gently held by the staff as they were yet to fully stand up on their own. These tiny arrivals are extremely valuable genetically to the endangered African penguin species that the aquarium said in the post. The successful hatching of these three chicks supports the goal of building healthy genetic populations within zoos and aquariums. The population of the only penguin species found in Africa has been experiencing steep decline numbers decreasing by more than 95% since pre-industrial times. And there are 40 African penguins at the Scottsdale Aquarium, which has reported 13 successful hatchings. Wonderful bird story, wonderful rewilding um, story, which I hope that we hear much more of. And if you are interested in hearing more about how to restore bird populations, I would highly recommend you listen to our um, Possibilists episode. Uh, Talking about parrot recovery. More bird rewilding news. (laughs) Wood stork to be removed from threatened and endangered species list. This is coming from NPR.org. The ungainly yet graceful wood stork, which was once once on the brink of extinction in 1984, has recovered sufficiently in Florida and other southern states that U.S. wildlife officials propose removing the waiting bird from the endangered species list. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service said in a news release that restoration of the wood stork's habitat, especially in the Florida Everglades and adjacent Big Cypress National Preserve, led to a sharp increase in breeding pairs. Those numbers had shrunk to just 5,000 pairs in 1984, whereas there are more than 10,000 pairs today. This iconic species has rebounded because of dedicated partners in the southeast um, that have worked tirelessly to restore ecosystems such as the Everglades that support it, said Shannon Estonez. Assistant Interior Secretary for Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In addition, the wood stork has increased its range in coastal areas of Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and the Carolinas, officials said. The birds have adapted to new nesting areas in those states, tripling the number of colonies across their range from 29 to 99 in recent years. Here we go into our next category of environmental justice. got two stories out of here, both pretty remarkable. First one is being covered by The Hill.com. EPA outlines another $550 million toward environmental justice. The Environmental Protection Agency announced another $550 million that it is putting toward addressing environmental inequity after previously outlining $100 million in funding for this issue. Through this latest round of funding, the EPA will select up to 11 community-based nonprofits that will then dole out grants aimed at cutting pollution. Studies have shown that communities of color are disproportionately impacted by pollution and this latest round is being issued through local nonprofits as part of an effort to make it easier for communities who may not have the resources to complete a challenging federal application, the agency said. Both programs are part of the $3 billion that the Democrats' climate tax and health care bill put toward environmental justice, that is, attempts to reduce pollution-related inequality. Thanks to President Biden's historic investments in America, including the largest ever investment in environmental justice, we are removing barriers and moving faster to deliver this unprecedented relief to the communities who need it most, EPA Administrator Michael Regan said in a written statement. Fantastic. The next story is out of the LATimes.com. This is very, very interesting. Alright, the title, the headline of the the story is, He ran the NAACP, now he's leading Sierra Club's fight on climate. The Sierra Club, Oakland, California-based nonprofit, has grappled with the legacy of its founder, John Muir. Some Sierra Club members and staff describe Muir as blatantly racist and others reject that narrative as wildly overstated. Additionally, the, cl- the club was roiled by allegations of workplace discrimination and harassment and by frustration among volunteers who said its national leadership was determined to strip the autonomy of local chapters. Amid those debates, longtime executive director Michael Brune resigned in 2021. I hope I'm saying his name right. Now, Ben Jealous has stepped into the fray, and he's got an ambitious agenda for tackling the climate crisis. Jealous started last month as the Sierra Club's seventh executive director. He's the first person of color to lead the 131-year-old organization. He's got a unique background, having previously run the NAACP, the nation's largest civil rights group. In a recent interview, Jealous said he's eager to keep making the Sierra Club more diverse and to focus its energies on social injustices. Injustices that are worsened by climate change and, at times, make it harder to fight climate change. In his first blog post on the club's website, for instance, he decried a planned freeway expansion through black and Latino neighborhoods in Milwaukee, saying it would fuel greenhouse gas emissions and air pollution and continue a history of racist urban planning. Part of his plan for the Sierra Club is beefing up staffing in places facing the greatest environmental injustices. We're only as strong as our weakest link, he said. The states that we historically have had the least staff are the states where corporations are prepared to do the most mischief. There's an urgent need for us to change that. Jealous has had a long history of environmental activism informed by his childhood growing up on California's Monterey Peninsula and making regular trips to redwood groves in Yosemite National Park. As a teenager, he led tours at Monterey Bay Aquarium and helped organize a rally at the state capitol to protest clear cutting of timber. As a reporter and editor at the Jackson Advocate, a black-owned newspaper in Mississippi, he wrote about cancer clusters and industrial pollution. At the NAACP, he launched a climate justice program and helped persuade the leaders of the Sierra Club and Greenpeace uh, to support civil rights activists in their campaign to defend voting rights. There is no green vote without the black or brown vote, Jellis said, quoting fellow activist Van Jones. That's really powerful. Okay, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and I look forward to sharing more in the future.